The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! And this game's underway. Into the windup of his first offering. Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my God. Deep to right field. Way up there. They're going to wave him in. I don't believe it. My, oh, my. And look who's coming up. You have got to be kidding me. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Okay, play ball. Welcome into another new episode of Payoff Pitch, Action Network's new flagship Major League Baseball betting podcast. Your host, Brendan Glasheen, always joined by Action Network senior editor Colin Whitchurch. And today we are previewing the National League East. I want to remind all of you that we do have three other division previews already up on Payoff Pitch, wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to rate, review, subscribe, and Leave us a note if you please. Payoff pitch will come to you every Tuesday and Friday during the Major League Baseball season. We will begin not the day after opening day, but next week. So we will start Tuesday, April 12th, and then work on Friday, April 15th, so on and so forth as the season goes. Today, joining us for our NL East preview, Sean Zarillo, who is no stranger to the pod. He was with us for our American League and National League big picture previews. We'll start with you, Sean. We're going to start with the Atlanta Braves, the favorite to come out of the NL East, plus 125, the latest odds on FanDuel, win total set at 91 and a half. Based on your projections and your research to this stage in early April, how are you feeling about the Braves? So since the Jacob deGrom injury, Fangraphs and Pakoda upgraded the Braves' chances by about 5 to 6% in the division and 1% for the World Series. They dropped the Mets by a comparable amount, didn't give any equity to any other teams really in the division. I have the Braves' win total projected at about 94. There's still an over 89.5 at win bet. I think that's absolutely worth playing, especially considering the deGrom injury now. My one concern with the Braves, and I've mentioned this before, I have a much easier time projecting injuries into playing time for a player than I do assuming that they're going to come back both when they say they're going to come back and perform up to expectations when they do come back. So with Ronald Acuna Jr., I am hesitant just because he needs to hit that target date and then he needs to perform up to expectations in order to make my 94 win projection whole. Uh, I have a much easier time taking games away from players preseason that I know are healthy. 
So that's my hesitancy with the Braves. But if you look at their World Series projections as high as 11.7%, I believe from Fangraphs, that would put them around plus 750, 755 to win the World Series and would make them a World Series value play. I could probably get there. I just want to make sure that Acuna is healthy before I'm going to play that. I know they won the World Series without him last year, but the projections have generally come up on the Braves relative to where they were in the past. They were very low consistently the past few years on the Braves. So I think the market is now adjusted the other way. They might be a value team. I just have that hesitancy with Acuna. But uh, my favorite prop here, probably Max Freed to finish as the wins leader in MLB. I haven't projected second with 14 wins. He's listed at plus 2,500 based on where the bucket should be for that type of projection. He should be closer to 10 to 1, 12 to 1 when that uh, statistical title. So Max Freed, most wins at 25 to 1. Braves over 89 and a half at win bet variety of books you can find the Braves anywhere from 10 to 1 to 12 to 1 I'm seeing right now on BetMGM to win the World Series. Colin Whitchurch, uh, we talked about uh, several divisions already on this podcast leading up to today and Sean was smart to bring up the DeGrom injury which I'm sure we'll discuss when we get to the Mets. How does that gauge your interest and how you bet the Braves, the reigning World Series champions in 2022? Yeah, I was kind of upset, honestly, to see the number they were listed at because I really like the Braves this season and I was really hoping the Mets active offseason and the fact that they're such a public team would juice their number a little bit and give us more value on the Braves. That hasn't really happened. Sean mentioned the 89 and a half out there. I did grab that early in the spring and I love that, but that's kind of irrelevant to our listeners right now because, uh, well, I guess- Oh no, it's still there. It's still unless a you're bet. able to bet it at win bet. Go ahead yes, and bet yes, it. Yes. Yes, I think people should absolutely jump on that. 91 and a half, I'm a little bit more hesitant on. I don't like love, but I would still make a small recommendation on that. It's kind of funny because the Braves throughout the last couple of years have been so offense heavy. That's been the strength of their team, right? They lost Freddie Freeman during the offseason. They, of course, replaced him with Matt Olson, who, you know, that's that's like a, a net neutral change, in my opinion. I think there are people who could argue that Freeman's better than Olson. I don't if, if he is, I think it's very minimal. But the point is, is that I think that the actual one of the strengths of the team this year is their pitching. And down the stretch last year, you know, they won the World Series kind of piecemealing together their staff and their bullpen. But this year it sets out to be a real strength with if Freed stays healthy, if Morton comes back at full strength, which isn't a given at 38 years old. Um, really like Ian Anderson to take a next step. And they've got some depth there with Noah, with even Tucker Davidson uh, projects out pretty well. And their bullpen, they really beefed it up. Everyone remembers that they brought in Kenley Jansen, but they made an under-the-radar signing and bringing in Colin McHugh, who was absolutely lights out last year. Will Smith's now overqualified as a setup man. So I think they have a deep and talented pitching staff. And they also, in building up this regular contender that they have, they didn't sell the farm. So there's a lot of young guys out there who can come in and, and are getting closer and closer to Major League Ready. We might see some Kyle Mueller this year. Um, so I like the over on them. I like it a little less at 91 and a half. If you can still get it at 89 and a half, you should absolutely jump in. So Pakoda's got Atlanta at 91.8 wins. So a smidge over that projection. And that the Pakoda standings we're referring to latest April 4th, 2022. So that brings us to the Mets. And Sean brought them up and, and Colin hit on this as well. The Mets being a public team. 
their win total has shifted as a result of the DeGrom news, which the latest, he the right-hander is being shut down for up to four weeks, and then we'll need time to build back up when he can rejoin the rotation. He's admitted down in spring training in Port St. Lucie, he's admitted that he's pretty he's pretty frustrated by this whole thing. But everything looks fine structurally. All that being said, the win total is now down to 88 and a half. He can get the Mets to win the division at plus 200. Sean, the, the, does the DeGrom news shift your thinking quite a bit? Or were you already down on this team in the first place? I was kind of in line with the market on this team. There is a total projection of 77 from Davenport, which is way off from everybody else. Um, obviously, that would recommend it under. I am kind of neutral on the Mets. I have them at 87 and a half here. What's interesting is the adjusted projections and adjusted odds after the DeGrom injury. Pakoda thinks right now that they're a World Series and divisional value play. They'd make them plus 180 to win the division, plus 1350 to win the World Series. I find that interesting because you just talked about Pakoda Brandon with the Braves. Pakoda said to go under on the Braves, I believe, the last three or four years. It's been low on that Braves projection. Now it has the Mets in second place behind the Braves, even with their Grom injury, and it thinks there might be value on both teams. I would probably wait at this point, see how DeGrom's healing. Is he going to make it back within two months, three months? Look to wait maybe six weeks, closer to Memorial Day, mid-May, maybe even closer to June. If you want to jump in on the Mets, because you will probably get the same price or better, I don't see it improving. You know, I, I don't really have an opinion on this team from a preseason perspective. DeGrom might actually be like a Cy Young value play at some point. The guy accumulated over four wins above replacement last year in, I think, 15 starts. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the number was, but based on the projections I have, he's capable of winning a Cy Young with four months of pitching. He doesn't need more than 20 starts, 22 starts to accumulate enough wins above replacement, stats, counting stats, whatever you need in order to get himself in the conversation. I think if he had pitched another month last year, he still would have gotten top three votes. So DeGrom at some point down the line is probably going to be a Cy Young value play, even though he's going to have to play catch up here. The guy has achieved a level of pitching that we haven't really seen, uh, you know, on a per inning basis. So yeah, keep your eye on DeGrom's live odds. Keep your eye on DeGrom, on the Mets uh, live World Series and divisional odds. I'd say as we get about six weeks down the line here. That might be a reflection of how you feel as well about the field in terms of starting pitching in the National League, which, again, the National League does have a DH this year. So it's no longer a, a sure thing, one through nine, when you're a pitcher in the National League. And, but at the same time, you can avoid hitting, which is beneficial for most of these guys, I would like to think. Um, Colin Whitchurch. Moving, uh, talking about the uh, about the Mets here, the the Degrom injury as we brought up. What's your read on them as a result of that? Or like I said to Sean, is it even that much of an impact for you? It's not that much of an impact for me because I like what the Mets did this offseason. I I'm I'm actually probably higher on the Mets than Zarilla, which is surprising given Zarilla's fandom. But I I do think this is probably a wait and see team. I think that if they get off to a rough start, you're going to see a lot of grumbling in the media and from fans and, and and their value might increase. But if you're looking for some preseason value on the Mets, I do still think there's some in the, just the a make a pl- make the playoffs bet. Um, as you mentioned, pakota has got them at 82.9% to make the playoffs. Zips is a little bit down on them at 67.7%. But if you average that out, that's still 75% chance to make the playoffs. Their odds to make the playoffs at FanDuel right now are minus 188 which is about 65% 
implied. So there's there's about a 9% edge there if you're looking to bet them. Again, you're, you're paying a little bit of juice there um, with the minus 188 number. But this is a playoff team. I think they're we'll, we'll talk about the Phillies in a second, who I know Sean and I disagree on. But I, I, I'm down on the Phillies. I think the Mets are pretty clear-cut second-best team in this division. Even without DeGrom and even with Scherzer's kind of opening day uncertainty. I still like what this team did this offseason. I think they improved their offense drastically, which was really bad last year. I love Starling Marte. I think Mark Canna was a super underrated signing, and Eduardo Escobar is going to help them a lot offensively, even if he's going to hurt them a little bit defensively, although the DH is going to help him there. Who knows where they're going to get from Robinson Cano, but this is a deeper and more talented lineup than we saw a year ago. And even the staff behind the DeGrom question marks, you know, there was a time last year where Taiwan Walker was like their number two starting pitcher. And now he's their number five starting pitcher, even without DeGrom. Tyler McGill um, showed some promise last year. Chris Bassett was super underrated in Oakland. Who knows we're going to get what we're going to get from Cookie Carrasco. But this is a deep team, a lot deeper than it was last year, a lot more well-equipped to withstand some of the injuries that we often see from the Mets. So I like them to make the playoffs. That would be my, my recommended at preseason, but again, wait on them to potentially see some value down the road. The three of us were on the NL betting preview over on the action network podcast. And of course, payoff pitches our new baseball centric betting podcast. We encourage you to follow us along during the season, every Tuesday and Friday during major league baseball season. Again, we'll start up on April 12th. So not the day after opening day, the following week, but we did talk a lot about this rotation. There are some uncertainties. Carrasco is coming off elbow surgery. Walker's coming off knee surgery. And you got to hope you get Dodgers Max Scherzer and not the Scherzer we saw in a pandemic short in 2020 where he was okay. And that was a, a national team that, of course, again, they made, they made a gigantic run down the stretch for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're asking 37-year-old Max Scherzer, who isn't 100% right now in camp, to maybe carry the load. But there is some depth there, so we'll see. And remember, he had like the, you know, he had the fatigue and the shoulder injury in the World Series. Like these things accumulate over time. Right. You know, pitcher injuries accumulate. The ground thing is not good long term. Short term, it sucks. And long term, it's not good either. So, yeah, you're relying a lot here. Chris Bassett is going to have to give the Mets a lot. Maybe even the Mets Bassett hound that that Buck Showalter's wife picked up yesterday is going to have to enter the rotation at some point. So Chris Bassett, all the Bassett hounds, get him in the rotation. The Bassett connections there. I have a Basset Hound behind me, by the way, who looks like Buck Showalter. So if you just want to throw all that together, uh, some positive signs for the Mets this year. It's it's a long way of saying that back end of that rotation is going to be pivotal if they're going to have success out of the gate and hold it together before DeGrom returns. And their okay. depth last year was abysmal. I mean, they went through starter number 10, Jordan Yamamoto is getting innings. Like, it got ugly. Worth mentioning because of the DeGrom injury, which is recent news. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Phillies. They are your projected third place team in the NL East Phillies win total at FanDuel 86 and a half plus 340 to win the NL East in 2022 Zerillo what's your read on Philadelphia this season I think it's impossible to have a strong take on their win total either direction if you're going to tell me you have strong conviction on their over or under I'd really question that all projections including my own are between 85 and 87 there's a very small range of outcomes on their projected win total now I think the bigger opinion here and the more reasonable, oh, and the, the divisional odds as well. Uh, they moved down to plus 350 after the Grom injury. No projection has them better than plus 450. So that's, that's kind of where the Phillies fall is in that will they, won't they make the playoffs territory? 
with the wild card spot. I do have a divisional bet on them, but it's closer to 500. The best way to play them now at this point is their World Series odds, in my opinion. The projections are actually very high on their World Series odds relative to their divisional odds or win total. They make them anywhere between 2,500 to plus 3,300. I think there's still maybe some plus 3,000 out there. Uh, it's come down a little bit, though. But I think given the three-game wildcard series, the, the pitching structure that they have with Wheeler and Nola and the guys, it's sort of built up depth behind them now. I think Gibson and Suarez are pretty solid. Um, if the Phillies are able to make it to October, they can definitely make a run, especially if their offense gets hot. The questions are defense, which has been the case for several years, and that's not going to improve with Kyle Schwarber and Nick Castellanos in the fold, and the bullpen, which has been abysmal for the past couple of years. But defense and bullpen are two things which tend to both regress to the mean and see much more variance year over year. So realistically, I like all the pieces that they have as a floor. You know, that that kind of floor of like 84, 85 wins seems pretty solid. And if they get to October, I think they can make a run. So in, in terms of like my favorite mid-range long shot World Series value play, it's absolutely the Phillies. And I think they're a team I love from a player prop perspective as well, actually. Castellanos, most RBI, Schwarber and Hoskins, most home runs. Aaron Nola is a Cy Young bet, especially with DeGrom going down. There's only a handful of pitchers who project to clear that like 200 strikeout threshold in each league. Nola, I believe, leads all of baseball in innings pitched over the past three or four seasons. So he's a workhorse. He doesn't average that many innings per start. That's why I don't like him from a most wins bet, but he takes the ball every five days and he's going to make 32 or 33 starts a year. So if guys fall off due to injury like DeGrom, he could win the award on volume. Absolutely. So Noah, workhorse, Cy Young bet, and then Schwarber, most home run, probably two of my favorite prop bets this season. Nola's uh, 18 to one on DraftKings to win nationally. Cy Young, you see Scherzer's there up the top, DeGrom. Um, but yeah, after after Mets, you've got some uh, you got some options there in the rest of the division. Colin, about yourself, your read on the, the Philadelphia Phillies. Zarellis said he questioned anyone who had strong conviction on the Phillies win total. Well, get ready to question because I love the under on this team this year. For a lot of the question marks that Zarillo already outlined, the defense and the bullpen, but also the back end of the rotation. I know Ranger Suarez was incredible last year, and even his underlying metrics were incredible, but I just want to see him show me for a full 162 games as a starting pitcher before I believe in him. I don't believe in Zach Eflin, who's injury-prone and has – had some ineffectiveness. Kyle Gibson wasn't very good after he came over from Texas. Nolan Wheeler is a fantastic top two, but I have a lot of questions about that rotation and also the depth behind that. You know, you need more than five starting pitchers to get through 162 game season. They don't really have much in, in the way of starting pitching depth, but beyond those five, Zerillo mentioned the defense. I think it's going to be among the worst in the league again. They're also relying on a couple of unproven guys. Bryson Stott's a top prospect. He's probably going to be the opening day third baseman. I like him a lot, but again, he's an unproven guy. Matt, Matt Veerling in center field. Um, don't really know what they're going to get out of him. And then a couple of older up-the-middle infielders in Didi Gregorius, Gene Segura. These are 32-year-old second baseman shortstops. Um, you know, their best days are behind them. They're still effective major league players undoubtedly you know they were trying to dump Segura during the offseason and couldn't find a taker for his salary essentially and then the bullpen like Zerillo mentioned I it was one of the worst in baseball last year and they did very little to improve it they added Corey Nick Knabel they added Brad Hand those are two injury prone relievers Brad Hand has actually not been very good the last couple of years so I, I think there's going to be a lot of high scoring games in 
for the Phillies. I think I'm going to be betting a lot of overs in Phillies games, especially in Philadelphia. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Tony D in Philly. Um, I, I like the under here. I think this is a 500 team, especially when you factor in how good I think the Braves and Mets are going to be. I think we're looking at, you know, 82, 83 wins max here in Philadelphia. I want to mention one more thing because Colin didn't touch on it. Zach Wheeler dealing with arm fatigue or shoulder fatigue in spring training. So we had the shortened season in 2020. Wheeler pitched 71 innings, led all baseball with 213 innings pitched last season. But it's not just him that saw that like 100, 150 inning increase, right? We may see a litany of pitcher injuries this year, which is why I may be interested in taking more long shots in Cy Young markets. Just from that, that 100, 120, 150 inning increase year over year for guys now having to stretch it out for a second year again. I'm curious to see if we see an increase in pitcher injuries in 2022. Yeah, I failed to mention, yeah, he's up there too for Cy Young. He's 10 to 1. Oh, he's just ahead of uh, Nola in terms of his teammate in the rotation. So there's another NL East starter in the mix. Again, you're tuning into our newest Major League Baseball Action Network podcast, Payoff Pitch. Brendan Glasheen with Sean Zarello, Colin Whitchurch. We're making our way through the National League East. We have other division previews posted. Be sure to check them out before opening day. April 7th, and we come to you during baseball season every Tuesday and Friday. We'll start the week after an opening weekend. Let's move to the Marlins, plus 1,300 to win the division. Win total at 77.5. We've, I remember this now. Right when I said the team's name, we talked about the Marlins on the TAM podcast in our NL preview. Zerillo, you like an over, but you got a better number, I'm pretty sure, correct? I did. I think I got 74.5, but I, I really like this over still at 76.5. Every single projection likes them to finish with at least 76 wins. And my projections gone up, especially after the ground injury. I'm at 81.8 on the Marlins. And I think the second highest is 81.4. So I'm not that far off relative to the rest of the market. The market overall averaged out to 78.6. So they're 2.1 wins above that 76.5 listed total. I'm five wins over. So that's my, my biggest gap for an over team relative to their listed total. I think after the Grom injury, it certainly upgrades the Marlins for the Phillies. You know, Colin and I talked about it. I don't think it's possible to have a strong opinion, but he does lean under or he does go under. And I would have leaned under, you know, I would have leaned under if I was just taking a side on all of these. So I like the Braves over. I like the Marlins over. I like the other three teams in the division to go under. The Marlins also have a Cy Young candidate here too. Sandy Alcantara, if you watched him down the stretch last season, this guy's throwing 102 with movement that is unhittable. I mean, he's one of the favorite pitchers on the Action Network. Baseball slack. He's also 25 to 1 range. Projection-wise, he doesn't really fit the criteria for like that 200 strikeout threshold or, or the other things. And I think it's baking in earlier career data where his strikeout rate isn't emerged to the point where it is now. Visually, he's as good as anybody out there. Eno Saris's stuff plus rankings have him as a top 10 pitcher. I've seen other things validating what my eyes are telling me. So I'm comfortable with Alcantara, the Cy Young bet at 25 to one, but the Marlins over 76 and a half is my favorite win total over for this year. I can only imagine when you mentioned the action network baseball slack, the amount of folks that are just really curious what goes on there. If they could ever pay a fee, a monthly fee to get in there and get chaos. Maybe we should start a discord. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Anyway, couldn't help myself because when folks listen, they're like, Ooh, Wonder what they're wonder what they're doing there, uh, Colin. Your thoughts on the Marlins? Are you an under, an under, another under as we move down a division? 
<laughs> I don't have a strong feeling on their on their win total, unfortunately. And Zerillo stole a lot of my thunder on Alcantara, who I absolutely love as a Cy Young feature. My thing give about me him, give me all of it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had looked this up uh, prior to recording, but this guy had more than 200 innings last year and more than 200 strikeouts. I don't know how many pitchers in baseball did that last year. I don't know how many pitchers project to do that in 2022, but it's probably not very many. And with pitching awards nowadays, you're just looking at guys who you know are going to give you volume and good performance in that volume. We saw that from Alcantara a year ago, and I just think we're going to see more of it. He's still only 25, 26 years old, I guess, as of the end of last season. He's absolutely a workhorse for a team that's going to be better. I would say, you know, if I were leaning on their win total, I would lean over. I'm high on the fish. But Alcantara is is among my favorite Cy Young bets. And I'll throw another one at you, and it's Jazz Chisholm Jr. to lead the majors in stolen bases, which you can find at about 27 to 1. This is a long shot pick. He's obviously behind the guys like Adalberto Mondesi and Miles Straw and Starling Marte. But he was up among the leaders in sprint speed last year while dealing with a lot of injuries. He had a bout of COVID. He had shoulder issues. Uh, bone bruise. They weren't leg injuries, which you would say, well, why didn't he run fast if he didn't have leg injuries? You try running with hurt shoulder. You know, it's not easy. So his legs are still intact and he's fully healthy this year. If he's fully healthy this year, I like him as a long shot sleeper pick for, for most stolen bases because the dude can flat out fly and he's going to get plenty of opportunities hitting at the top of that lineup. Mary Colin, I did some live research for you. So there were 17 pitchers with 200 strikeouts last season, four pitchers with 200 innings, only a Contra Walker Bueller, and Zach Wheeler fit both criteria. So there you go. very limited group. And by the way, Alcantara has a 53% ground ball rate on top of that. So if he's not striking you out, he's burning worms into the ground. I, this guy's like, he's fascinating. And I'm surprised more people aren't on him. Last and possibly least the Washington nationals, 69 and a half wins is their current win total on FanDuel plus 4,000 to come out of the division. When we get to the basement of a division like this, Zarillo with uh, the Nats, what's the best way to go about betting them? Or is there, is there a stay, are they a stay away team? What's the best approach? I'm mostly staying away from the Nats. So just to contextualize like how I do my process, I'm under on the Nationals by 1.7 wins. The market is over by 1.7 wins. So completely neutralizes out, right? If I'm under by three and a half wins and the market's over by one and a half wins, I might look into it deeper and look for a way to play it. But that limited range, it's not going to force my hand either way. So it's a it's a pass for me from a win standpoint. Obviously, Divisional World Series, no interest. The one bet or the one thing I would try to do, I'm a Juan Soto believer, but I'm not a Juan Soto at plus 360 for MVP believer. If he was plus 500, I'd be betting him every year. He just runs away from people in the NL in terms of wins above replacement projections, per plate appearance, all of it. Um, I would look for long shot ways to play Soto aren't necessarily as MVP awards. So what I did was most home runs at 50 to one. I bet Vlad Guerrero Jr. Most home runs last year at 50 to one, even though he wasn't really projected amongst the leaders, because with these young studs, like you have to, you have to forecast super and complete breakout beyond projections at some point, if you want to find value. So maybe like most RBI bets, most run bets, stuff like that on Soto, where you're taking long shot odds on him to lead a category. That's so why I went with most home runs. He doesn't hit enough fly balls yet to really get into that territory. But if he changes the swing, you know, he could get there. So, yeah, that's that's like kind of how I I like to target these these young studs to uh, 
maybe surpass expectations is with, you know, a 30 to one, 50 to one ticket. So in the note on Soto is he avoided arbitration, but he's in for a big payday and he already declined a big contract. So maybe he, of course he's motivated, but he, he, maybe he's in for a big year if he can respond to that and um, put himself in a situation to make more money. So there's that angle as well. Colin, uh, let's wrap here with uh, the Nats, your outlook of the nationals and how to go about betting them, not betting them possibly. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add to what Zarilla said. Unfortunately, I I think we're, we're in agreement. I think I like their, the over on their win total a little bit more. I, I have a little bit stronger feelings on them in that regard. I like the fact that they still tried to sign competent major leaguers this year, despite their, their low projection. You don't see a lot of bad and supposedly tanking teams do that. I love the fact that they added Nelson Cruz. I keep, I hope he keeps hitting until he's 45. Um, Kiba Ruiz is going to be uh, uh, one of the best young catchers in baseball. Josiah Gray has a lot of potential in that rotation. But beyond that, there's not a lot of promise here. I just think that having competent veteran major leaguers across the roster is going to help them scratch to, you know, the 70-ish or so win mark. And the Soto home run long shot, I absolutely love. Zarillo and I have been talking about him and his MVP odds basically since I started working here. And unfortunately they've lowered to the point where there's, there's not a lot of value in there, but he should be the MVP favorite. He is. And I love a long shot home run play there as well. Okay. Before we wrap up our NL East preview, let's get our best bet from this division. Sean, you first, then we'll go to Colin. I'm torn. Uh, Cause Kyle Schwarber, most home runs when it was 50 to one, 70 to one was like my favorite prop bet on the board for this year. Now that it's come down to 35, it's, it's fine. I'm going to go with the Marlins over 76 and a half wins. I know we've talked about it a bunch, but just given that 5.3 win gap between an over 76 and a half and my projection at 81.8, I'm higher on them relative to the market for every other team. So the Marlins love the young pitching. I think they're progressing well, love the direction they're headed. And we're going to see more prospects come up that have pretty live arms there. So if, if I, actually Jorge Soler, 70 to one for most home runs is interesting too. Love that signing. Yeah, I like the, what the Marlins are doing. I, I like the pieces they're adding. Colin, favorite bet in the NL East? Phillies win total under. Don't at me, Sean. Don't at me, Anthony. <laughs> Phillies win total under. I'm fine with it. You could play the under and also take a World Series future, and I think That's you're going to end up hitting one. That's true. <laughs> Be sure to join us all week long on Payoff Pitch. We encourage you to join us all season, but join us before April 7th. We'll have all six division previews up on the pod, the newest home for the Action Network's MLB coverage payoff pitch. For Sean Zarillo, Colin Whitchurch, be sure to check out our other previews. I'm Brendan Glasheen. We'll join you next time here on Payoff Pitch. Look at his crowd on its feet. What a tribute. No one wants to leave.